On today's show, Christmas is here in Penhold as the town's community Christmas starts the holiday season with a festive success. CBC provides Canadians with a helpful list of 18 offensive words you should avoid. We'll make sure you know them. And the federal opposition party decides not to be the opposition. And we'll close with a Christmas movie, maybe for after the kids go to bed. This is Penhold Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. Merry Christmas. It is December. We are allowed to say that now. Um, I am Brian Constantine. I am here with my co-host, Michael Rowland. Hello, hello. Let's start off with uh, the Penhold Chris, Community Christmas. I, 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 it's, it was held about a week ago now. Um, yeah, the Penhold Community Christmas kind of kicks off the season around here, as, as most of us know. And it's probably... Uh, I don't know. It's got to be pretty close to the fall festival as far as, you know, community engagement goes, I think. Yeah, it's definitely up there. It's one of the very central events to the Penhold community. Yeah. Uh, and and for the last couple years now, it's, it's we've had to adapt um, with with some of these these restrictions in place. But nonetheless, this year, uh, you know, the turnout was, was crazy as far as my experience of it goes. Um, the cars were lined up down Waskasu Ave, all the way down to Lucina, I think. Oh, wow. Almost to Lucina for a, a, a solid hour, if not an hour <laughs> and a half. Um, I, was, I was up near the Tunnel of Lights, uh, kind of manning the, some of the technology that we had going on up there. And all I could see was, was a string of lights going all the way down from, from the moment oh. we started. Uh, so it, it seemed like a, a, a crazy turnout. Um, Good for you, Penhold. Uh, I see. I think a lot of people probably wait in their cars for a long time. Yeah. Um, and so, and uh, so, your your patience is 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 uh, well commended. I didn't hear any horns honking out there, uh, <laughs> so that seems to seems to suggest that there was a, a good spirit out there. Um, I think I think if hopefully we don't have to do this tunnel of lights drive through. I think I think it's a really good idea. Uh, it, was, it was really a nice adaptation, I think. Yeah, the town has done a phenomenal job of adapting these events to accommodate whatever restrictions are in place and often accommodate them pretty rapidly. So yeah. they're doing really well at it. Yeah, the, and, and so, yeah, the I guess, yeah, and we, yeah we, there was a number of, of community groups there handing out goodies as, as people drove through the, the tunnel lights in front of the multiplex. Uh, I guess just if, if, the, if we had to do this drive-through again, um, Maybe uh, do a, a dual lane process this time. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it was, there was a lot of people coming through, um, but overall it was is well run. Um, I think I saw a lot of smiling faces, even from the the carolers out in the cold um, uh, scene, and we even dragged the we even dragged the uh, library's piano out to the front. Right. I saw a picture <laughs> of that. I missed out on driving through, but I did see some pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie. That was, Carrie, that was pretty good. Yeah. Carrie was going around. Um, uh, taking pictures of of, uh, of the scenes of the atmosphere, and if you're not familiar who, with Carrie, who Carrie is, she uh, Carrie Black, uh, she is the uh, I'm, I can't remember her exact title, but basically she's the community events coordinator and or communication right. coordinator, something like that. And so basically, she kind of uh, directs and guides um, a lot of these community events. Um, now, she I think I think she would. 
be quick to recognize that these are very much collaborative events among a lot of community groups. Yeah. Um, but Carrie does a lot, or does a, I think a lot of behind the scenes work um, to kind of organize and kind of guide some of the, make sure everything, all the parts are in place. Yeah. Um, everything is kind of, everyone's getting what uh, they need to, to, to run one of these events smoothly. So, um, uh, thank you, Carrie Black for, for putting this together and many other events, especially during these last two years. Like, uh, mm -hmm. like I, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't, it's certainly not something I would be eager to, to take on board. No, that times. Not I, an easy job at this time. Especially, Always. yeah, especially someone in, in, in kind of the government setting, you know, for me as a private citizen, I can scoff and, and, you know, be a, a, maybe a little bit of a lawbreaker when it comes to all these ridiculous restrictions that we got going on here <laughs> as, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a part, someone in the, the administration of the town government, they, they don't have quite that Liberty. They, they unfortunately have to play a little more strict to the rules. And so she's able to do so and, and still pull off uh, a lot of these, these events. So, uh, worth a shout out there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so, yeah, Christmas is, 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 uh, uh, on full tilt here in Penhold. Um, I've noticed more Christmas lights around town. Uh, people yep. putting their lights up. It's lighting up out there. Yep. Um, and, and just, yeah, I, I'll put this out here. Maybe, maybe just put a little more burden on myself. I'm wondering if I shouldn't go out and do like a little penhole Christmas lights video. That would be pretty interesting. Put a little Christmas music to it and you can sit home and kind of do a, a town tour just, uh, just at home. Um, yeah, I don't know. So if, if, if I do, don't be surprised if you have lots of lights in front of your house and some guy with a camera <laughs> is like spending 15 minutes walking back and forth in front of your yard in the dark. Um, you come out and say hi. I'm, I'm not usually too scary. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's probably me then if you see me wandering the streets at night, wandering with a camera. Should probably run it by the peace officers first so that they <laughs> yeah. have some kind of warning about the stalker guy that's walking right. around that's town. Right. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, this is, this is, uh, this is their heads up. Um, all right. Our next story, before we get to our next story, I want to give a little bit of, of, of my own story, just kind of set this up. Uh, about 14 years ago, um, I was, I was in Bible college and one of the courses we had to take was public speaking. And, and, you know, the, the idea here, of course, is that, you know, going to Bible college, one, one possibility is that you're, or one like, like likely possibility is you're going to do a lot of public speaking, uh, whether it's preaching or, or just talking to groups. So there's a good public speaking course. Um, that we were, that I was taking one semester. And so we were going over different types of speeches, looking at famous speeches, why they're, why they work so well. Um, looked at different ways of delivering speeches, whether it's by, you know, written out, or if you're just going through just notes. Um, I, and I definitely prefer having mine written out. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, one, one, um, one class that we did was, was an impromptu speech. So you were just kind of, given a, a, a topic that you quickly had to kind of think on the spot and give a little five minute speech about. And I think for this one, the prompt was there's outside the classroom, there's just a box of, of random stuff. Um, uh, you know, uh, random, random things that you might find around, around an office or something like that, or, or, or a home. And for some reason, 
um, as I was standing out there outside, so outside the classroom where each person was sent out the classroom to take a look at this box and then they'd come back in in a couple minutes and, and give a speech on whatever they yeah. picked from the box. And for whatever reason, the, I, I pulled out a pair of gloves, um, <laughs> from, from the box and I, I ended up proceeding to come into the classroom and berate them essentially for their discrimination, or at least, or at least society's discrimination against amputees. Because you see, every time you go into the store, you uh, to buy a pair of gloves, they come in a pair. <laughs> and so it ends up normalizing people with two hands. Now think that this is this is 14 years ago, okay? So uh, I, <laughs> something, something happened, uh, 14 in that, in that class. And I, I, it was one of the most hilarious speeches because everyone saw and saw how ridiculous it was. Yeah. It was hilarious. In those days, that was a very comical thing to do. And right. It makes sense. Nowadays, I have no doubt there are listeners who are like, you did what? Um, how could you, um, or, <laughs> or like, yes. Or they're in agreement. Yes. yes. You should be right. to society. Um, for, for only selling things in pairs. Um, but yeah, it, it the, the joke landed and it was just hilarious. Uh, I, I, it's just one of my funniest memories I have, uh, of laughing so hard. Uh, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't finish the speech. Um, it was just, it was just too perfect. Uh, it was just too much fun now. Okay. So this, that is, that, um, is to set up this story from the CBC, um, the CBC has put out in a, a story titled Words and Phrases You May Want to Think Twice About Using. And it gives you 18 words um, that you should now avoid because they um, are either, they either have what, what uh, the so-called experts deem as, a, as having racist um, or sexist um, um, origins etymologies to use the big fancy word or someone just finds them offensive yeah essentially that's the criteria and so this is why it ties back to, to my to to my to my story is that these this these these words now uh and 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 the the thinking that that produced the hilarity 14 years ago in that in that college classroom is now what produces these serious um pieces in, in cbc like these, these are going to be serious words that we're going to go through. Uh, serious, uh, people are presenting these in a serious way. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Like you're, this is not, this isn't an April 1st kind of Babylon B kind yeah, of article. This it's is not the onion. It's not Babylon B. This, this isn't is, parody. This, yeah. This isn't parody. Isn't satire. It open here's, here's kind of the opening, opening paragraph of, of this, of this article. Have you ever casually used the terms spirit animal first world problem? Or spooky, it might be time to rethink your use of these or these phrases and remove them from your daily lingo. Um, first of all, I don't think those are part of my daily lingo. No, I don't think they're no. part of most people's daily lingo. But think about that. So those are three words on this list: spirit animal, first world problem, and spooky. And remember, these are all words that this article is going to try to argue are should be should be limit you should you basically you should censor yourself from saying these words because there's someone out there who's going to take offense to it <laughs> so 
Um, <laughs> perhaps the funniest part of this article is the fact that they group all these 18 words and phrases in a big colorful collage at the top of the, of, yeah. the, of the article. Yeah. So if you want to share this article, this is the thumbnail that comes up. All these, all these right. apparently super offensive words that you should eliminate are all just rainbow colored, um, kind of a, a word art display yep. on, on, on your, on your, on your thumbnail across the top of the, your, uh, article here. Uh, I, I don't know what to think about that. I feel quite conflicted. Like I was told that these are, these are to be banished from, from polite society. And yet here they are. Yeah. You think if we're trying to say that these are words you shouldn't be using, think of the same kind of a word art display with all sorts of things that we have for decades considered vulgar or <laughs> curse words. You wouldn't put that as the no, big central image on your article saying, don't say these words. Yep. It's kind of a mixed message they've got going here. Yeah, it, it certainly is. It's, yeah, like you said, it might be the funniest part of this article. And there's there's quite a few, there's quite a bit of humor to it. All right, so unintentional humor. Yeah, oh, of course. They're not intending the humor. Of course. Um, so here, let's uh, we'll quickly go through this and we'll make a clarification at the end here, but uh, I think it's worth just getting these these words out here, out there. So you understand if you want to be a polite member of, of Canadian society. Um, these are words that you should should get rid of. Uh, the first three are blackmail, blacklist, and black sheep. And as you can as you can already probably imagine, um, if if you've learned well from society over the last couple of years, these are all racist terms um, because apparently the word black is in there. Yet yeah, we have now made a color into a racist term. Yes, uh, regardless and, of its context. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. However you want to reuse the word black, it has to mean, um, and here they, 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 they quote from an anti-racism trainer and educator. We, we have anti-racism trainers now. And here, he, so just, just so you know, the word black, um, it connotes, this is, this is a quote from him. This is uh, Joseph Smith. Um, it says, it's referring to kind of the, uh, referring to black, uh, the word black connotes evil, distrust, lack of intelligence, ignorance, a lack of beauty, an absence of white. So whatever these terms are, um, they, by using the term black, this is what you've now communicated. It's, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't it's even like, know what to you? say. Like, what are you, do they not know the origin of these words? It has nothing all three of those, it has absolutely nothing to do with the racial aspect at all. Not, the black, no, the black used in these terms is completely disconnected from, from race. race. Yes. There's nothing about race in there. So you're now just saying, because we have used that word for a race, it now cannot mean anything else. Yeah. 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 If, uh, yeah, it's it's there. There is no nuance to this. No, apparently this might be like one of the only English words that has no variance in its meaning. Yeah, uh, just it just it just is a racist term. Apparently, uh, especially when when used in these kind of negative ways here. Um, um, now, another other words. Those are three. Um, other words kind of go through these. Um, so those first three are obviously racist. So you can you can get rid of those now. Um, ghetto and inner city. Again, I guess reflecting um, uh, kind of uh, 
negative living environments that are often populated by by um, uh, uh, black uh, communities. Uh, so apparently, whenever you say those terms, that's that's a negative. Um, even though those communities don't necessarily have to be black, and in fact, ghetto was actually first used or was used around the Holocaust. Yeah, it was primarily referred or used as the ref way of referring to Jewish communities. Mm -hmm. So it has nothing to do with the black communities that it's now being associated with. It the connections just don't seem to line up. No, um, spooky. This is this was a new one. <laughs> That, so, yeah, that one shocked me a little. That's been yeah. like a kind of a fun childish term you use to refer to a ghost. Like, yeah, that's right, isn't it? Uh, but no, apparently this this uh, <laughs> apparently it uh, because spook was used to def uh, re or to refer to black people during World War One. Um, spooky is now um, deemed off limits in polite society. Um, another one, um, the phrase sold down the river. Now this is the first one. They have a legitimate complaint if they base this on kind of the origin, the origin of, of this phrase, this yes. is the idea of, of someone, uh, of, of a slave being sold down the Mississippi river. Um, so if, if you're, if you want to get rid of words that kind of have a racist origin, if, 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 if that's the basis, then. Uh, perhaps this one would be the one criteria. I think we'll make an argument later on that even that is is, is a bit sketchy when it comes to what we determine language to be. Um, grandfathered in. That was another racist one. Um, sphere animal, powwow, tribe. So you so so in um, another um linguist uh, professor of linguist uh, i think i can't remember uh, i think he's up in university of toronto mississippi or something like that or sorry mississippi um mississauga mm. um he says that if an if a non-indigenous person says this is my tribe i don't think it's okay despite the fact that they're using it presumably in a metaphorical way tribe has been used around the world yeah, in fact, like the term tribe is just <laughs> meant to be a tight group of people. Uh, the Jews had 12 of them. Yeah. If you, don't, if you recall, yeah, like, like a you, long time ago. Israel kind of started <laughs> the tribe idea in the Bible back in the Old Testament. That's kind of... A, it's been around for a while, yeah. But even, yeah, so even if... Here, the, the interesting thing about that quote is, even if you're referring to it in a metaphorical way, like it's not really a tribe, but you can't even use it metaphorically. Yeah. Apparently now. Uh, lowest on a totem pole is another phrase that you can get rid of. Uh, savage. Um, all these ones are kind of fit into the um, indigenous um, um, category. Like these are insulting to to indigenous people or offensive to them, apparently, or at least to some. Again, is the, the the remember the rules of the game here is it either has to have kind of some sort of um, a racist uh, origin, sexist origin, or something like that. Or someone has to find this offensive. Yeah, uh, that's the that's the only criteria. So yes, I'm sure someone will find these words offensive. Um, gypped and gypsy. Um, apparently, there this is a derog these are derogatory slurs against Roma. So um, who tra who historically traveled from place to place across Europe? It says in the article. 
Uh, and this perpetuates the stereotype that Roma are lower class, not mature or cultured and foreigners, explains Smith. And this is, again, goes back to our anti-racism trainer. Um, first world problem. All right, so this one's a little bit different. This is a classist um, term. Ah. So this, this makes a distinction between, you know, us or people in the first world and those who are in the third world. And apparently it's a dehumanizing term. So it means like the first the people in the first world are, 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 I guess, in some way more valuable and privileged than, than those with less or in, in what we might call third world. But I'm guessing that term as well would be off limits. I find this one really bizarre. Maybe it's my way of using the term or the phrase, but I've always considered it more a way of self-mocking our pathetic <laughs> abundance. Yeah. Like saying first world problems is like, we're exaggerating our the problems, the yeah. seriousness of our problems, because really we don't have big problems. We're sure, mocking yeah. ourselves. Like yeah, that's the way I've thought of that term Yep, or that phrase. I've often considered it more of a self mockery phrase. Yep. Um, now like, uh, now we're getting to some some weird ones here, even, like even more. Um, three more the three more words that are offensive: brainstorm, blindsided, and blind spot. Again, these are offensive because it it apparently stigmatizes people uh, who who have sight disabilities. Um, or in the case of brainstorm, brain it's if you have brain damage or some kind something of something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, some kind of a disability of the brain. Mental issue, mental, yeah, issue, mental, yeah. mental problem. Um, dumb and lame um, are two other ones. Uh, tone deaf, crippled, and I think that was it. Yep. And so those last ones, again, refer are, are offensive because there are people who might have hearing troubles or have uh, physical disabilities that would find that term offensive. Remember that's that that is the rule of the game. I think I think it's important to keep in mind what the rules are because we're going to talk about um, talk about kind of some deeper issues that that, that this might go on uh, might might be hitting on. And now I think at this point, it, it's it, if if you're still listening and you haven't been turned off by 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 uh, by our light lightheartedness when it comes to these these apparently offensive terms. Um, I think it should be clarified that we're that we we are mocking an idea and not people. Um, nowadays, sometimes that that distinction is hard to make, or, or people just ignore it altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, what we what we are kind of making fun of is that that these uh, terms should be considered offensive. I think is an irrational idea. Yeah, it's just not an idea that that makes sense. Now. Now, the kind of the 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 surface level belief that's kind of being um, uh, um, is being used to prop up this. You know, why would you why would you use these these terms if if it's if someone finds it offensive? Um, well, you know, you don't you want to be kind and considerate. You don't want to be that jerk that 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 um, that uh, the annoying guy who who just can't get along with someone who's, who's just a pest um, at, at work or at best and just a um, just um, doesn't care about what other people think or feel, I should say. Um, 
you should you should be kind and considerate. This is this is kind of the, the case. If you want to be polite, say you just don't use these terms because people can find them offensive. You know, as as far as it goes, I'm I'm fine with that. Um, I think I think that's a, a fine way or a fine belief to to hold. I think what the problem here comes in though, is that that belief that we should be kind and considerate to others becomes a kind of a foundational belief. I think that's where the issue comes in. Right. Now, when, because what is happening is that when we are, when that becomes the foundational belief to be kind and considerate to others, if that's kind of the, the bedrock of how we should be behaving, I think we end up, what ends up happening is, is society becomes governed. We as individuals become governed by the emotions of everyone else. Yeah. So when I say a word and you find it offensive, if I want to be kind and considerate, now I have to apologize and get rid of that word altogether because you got upset by it. Uh, and, and so everything or every, all the, uh, every individuals end up being governed by other individuals' emotions. Like I have a hard enough time just trying to figure out my own emotions or <laughs> a lot of times. But with this kind of, with the thinking that kind of goes on here, that's kind of at the kind of uh, undergirding this, this, uh, these, these, this list of words is that you shouldn't say them because someone else's feelings um, get hurt. And, and I think what ends up, we, we see the effects of that when that becomes kind of a governing principle. Statues are torn down. Um, we've seen schools changed, or the school names being changed all the time now. Yeah. Um, street names. It, uh, we, we see this kind of idea of, of center, just self-censorship going on about whether or not I can say certain words and, and whether or not they'll be understood in the way I say them. Yeah. It's more, you, you're afraid of what other people will think, regardless of what your intent is. You can no longer say something with, with just your own intent. You have to say something under the, the kind of governance of somebody else's feelings on what or feelings or interpretation of what you're going to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so as uh, what I want, I think here, I, I want, I want to bring our attention to, I think some deeper beliefs and we've talked about kind of culture and some elements of culture. And one part of culture is its beliefs. And another part of culture is kind of these underlying beliefs, these foundational um, truths that we kind of hold. And if we don't get those right, I think we get really off course really fast, mm -hmm. even, even with the best intentions. Like yeah. I said, I think being kind and considerate is done with the best intentions. But if you make that foundational belief, I think you have bigger issues that are going to crop up. Mm -hmm. I think one of them is uh, if uh, one, of the, one of the beliefs that kind of gets given up, if, if, we, if we simply act on this kind and considerate um, criteria, is that emotions end up governing reality. When I think... Um, I think it's, it gets it exactly backwards. Reality has to be governing emotions. Um, did I say that right? Yes, I believe so. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay, you want, you want reality to govern the emotions. Yeah, but when emotions sure governs sure. reality, then your reality gets very distorted. Yes. And so, and so for example, and, and you know, we sometimes think about emotions as these kind of flighty, um, uncontrollable things nowadays, particularly, but yeah. Um, at least if you're not British. Um, anyways, um, when, for example, so when your child is born, it's reasonable to feel happy. 
And if you're, if you don't feel happy, if you feel upset or don't feel maybe anything at all, that's actually a warning sign. I yeah. Think. That, that's a problem. Yeah. That's, that's not reasonable. Um, if something is stolen from you, um, I think a lot of people in, 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 uh, in, in Penhold are kind of concerned by the number of crime or about the crime and, and, uh, uh that's kind of going on. And, and, and as a result, I think they reasonably feel perhaps vulnerable, upset, concerned on edge, all and these those, emotions. Those emotions are reasonable. Yes. Based that's on the context expect. of reality, that is reasonable. Yeah. Our emotions uh, should be kind of governed by reality. And, and so there's, or at least there's a reasonable connection between uh, our emotions, emotions and reality. When, if someone uses words like blind spots, powwow, tribe, it's not reasonable to feel hurt or offended. Now, and if you do, I think, I think the, the question you have to ask is what, why did, why am I offended by that? Yeah. And not so much society has to change in order for yeah. me not to be offended. There's, there's, it's, there's the disconnect between uh, how we emotionally react to these words and reality, whether or how we ought to react to it. Um, and and so yeah, society society and communications shouldn't be shouldn't be governed by these um, irrational um, emotions. This is this is this is how uh, this is how even with the best intentions, I think we end up seeing a breakdown in communication. We end up seeing more divisions because. Uh, we are being governed by our emotions, our emotions, and, and not even ours. It's the emotions of other people that are, that are kind of governing yeah. our reality. Um, this person over here is offended when I, when I say the word, word tone deaf. Uh, and because, because of that is their reality, they're saying that I have to change. Basically, their, their emotion has determined reality, and now I have to change that yeah. reality. Um. And that, and that that just is that just cannot that that that's going to create a world um, of really of, of uh, I don't anarchy is probably too strong of a word but uh, of just a, a, a society unmoored from reality uh, and one where we can't properly communicate yeah it, be, that, it becomes yeah. very difficult to communicate if you can't say something without fear of how the other person's going to respond. It, you lose like when you're not able to, or how, yeah, how how they how they're going to interpret it. I yeah, guess. I guess yeah. That, that's yeah, yeah. So if you have to run everything you want to say through a filter of what will they think, I mean, you you can't communicate not effectively mm -hmm. or efficiently. Yeah, and, that, and I think that leads into kind of the second point here is that the meaning of words has to lie with the speaker or the writer or whoever is, is speaking. The meaning of their words is up to them. Yeah, so it's in, intent of the speaker, not impact on the reader. Yes, at least as, if, as far as determining what the words mean. Yeah, exactly. So if you have malicious intent, then the word you say is not what's offensive. It's your intent that's offensive. Am I saying that right? In in what? In so 
you could say something that the words in themselves have nothing offensive about them. There's nothing offensive mm -hmm. there, but mm -hmm. your intent behind them is offensive or malicious. And that can be deemed inappropriate or something you shouldn't have said. But if you say something that they're saying mm -hmm. the words are offensive, but your intent was not in any way to deem or to cause offense, then what's the problem? Yes. Okay. Yes. That, yes, that it's the, um, and I think, yeah, I think you're getting, you're, you're, you're getting on the, on the point there of our, when we, when we, when we use words, we, we are putting certain meaning into them. Um, and so when, so for example, if I, if I say, if I go to, to a, a certain, if I go to a sporting event and say, oh, that player had, that player was lame that night, um, I'm, I'm saying he didn't play a good game. Yeah. That's different than if I'm walking out, out, out of the building and, and a kid is in, in a wheelchair and I say, boy, that kid's lame. Like, yeah, the, that's those are two different, very, two very different, different. meanings. Yes. Um, and who gets determined though? What the, di the difference there, the person who speak, who, yeah. who's, who does the, the talking gets to determine what his words mean. In fact, that's, it's kind of how we have to, that has to be in place for us to communicate. There has to be some sort of common meaning. If if everything is simply up to the reader or the listener, you know, a guy could be given a speech to a hundred people, and they could legitimately claim to hear a hundred different meanings. Yeah. Like if if that if if we if we take the meaning of words and and separate it from the speaker, or separate it from the author then who gets to determine the meaning of the words? Then it's the, the, the reader or the, the listener. And there's just no communication that can yeah. be happen because we're not speaking on common, common language anymore. And, and in fact, I ha now if I'm going to speak to 100 people, I have to factor in 100 different ways that it could be interpreted. Yeah. It's just impossible. So these, the, this, uh, this idea of being kind and considerate, it only goes so far if, if it, it, it it still has to be based in reality and and I think the meaning of words is not uh, is not necessarily intrinsic to uh, there isn't only one one way each of these words can be used um, and to say otherwise is, is I think um, is to to end up undercutting some really important uh, foundational beliefs that are are in, Incredibly important to to running a functional society. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot more I think we can go on, but maybe maybe I think that's a, a decent place to to stop there. Um, all right, let's if we, if we haven't got ourselves enough hot water, let's let's keep going. Um, <laughs> Bill C four um, in in the federal legislature got passed. Um, on Wednesday. Now, if you're not familiar with Bill C4, Bill C4 um, is the is the commonly referred to as as the conversion therapy bill, or conversion therapy ban, ban bill, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, and initially, there was a very similar bill that was introduced in the last session of of the legislature, um, and and. It got stalled in the Senate before um, 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 when when the election was called, 
And so the bill was reintroduced as Bill C-4 this time around um, on Monday. Two days later, it passed the House of Commons unanimously. And it didn't get, it didn't pass like say third reading unanimously. This was tabled on, on Monday. Two days later, it was passed on first reading unanimously. And what that means is that the bill jumps over all the typical steps that a bill usually goes through. It jumps over second reading and second debate. It jumps over the committee stage um, uh, where, where separate committees kind of analyze it. They bring in um, outside experts and, and a variety of voices to, to kind of analyze and study the bill. There's usually an amendment process of some kind. Um, then the bill comes back for a third reading and a third debate before it finally moves on to Senate. So they really rushed it through to the Senate stage. The only, the only, yeah, the only, the only way for it to kind of skip over that is through this unanimous, um, unanimous vote. And, and, um, it was actually this, this motion to pass it unanimously was actually instigated by a conservative MP. So the opposition is going right along with the, yeah, so the, the leading party. Yeah, the opposition decides to forfeit their opposition um, to 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 a bill that that I think rightfully deserves some some deeper consideration. Now there might be some some will argue, well, this is the same bill or at least very similar bill to to the one that got to the Senate stage in the last session. So this is just kind of getting us back on course. Right, uh, and you know that that, that might be the, that might be a, a decent argument if this was the same bill, but it's not. Um, significantly, the previous bill um, limited to convert or limited the ban of conversion therapy to um, minors, um, so you couldn't bring a, a minor to conversion therapy. Um, and I guess I guess at this point, maybe it's worth noting conversion therapy refers to. Um, a, a practice or treatment. Actually, here's here's how here's how the bill outlines what conversion therapy is. Um, bill C four says uh, conversion therapy means a practice, treatment, or service designed to change or designed a to change a person's sexual orientation to heterosexual. B change a person's gender identity to cisgender. C, change a person's gender expression so that it conforms to the sex assigned to the person at birth. Uh, D, repress or reduce non-heterosexual attraction or sexual behavior. E, repress a person's non-cisgender gender identity. Or F, repress or reduce a person's gender expression that does not conform to the sex assigned to the person at birth. Now, summarized, you can't try to change or make a homosexual person heterosexual or a trans person or a transgender person, cisgender. That's basically what it is. Um, and notice the bill doesn't say anything about going the other way around. Yeah. So this actually, this bill actually uh, restricts uh, some healthcare options um, for, for the LGBT community that are still available for, for um, the, the, the heterosexual community. Um, yeah. So yeah, if, if, if you, if you, uh, so, so that's, that's what's, that's, what's being banned. Um, you, you can't go to, to a counselor, uh, a pastor, um, the question, I hesitate because I'm not sure where the boundary lies, uh, regarding this bill. Like, well, does, does, does this, um, does this, uh, apply to uh, a parent talking to their homosexual son, 
uh, about some of the feelings he's having. Right. Um, or, or, you know, if, if, uh, if I go to a church and the pastor is, is preaching a biblical sexual, sexual ethic or, or, or a perspective on, hum, um, on, on, on personhood. Um, and he's talking about, um, uh, about, um, these issues. Does that count? Right. These, these are, these are kind of gray area and, you know, uh, I think a healthy area for discussion in, in most cases, but that was all bypassed. Yeah. We see this, them not discussing this. it. Yeah. Now, this bill is obviously has, I think, a lot of contention to it, particularly from from Christians and, and so-called social conservatives, um, which I think we classify ourselves as, particularly the Christian. Uh, I think social conservative, I'm fine with that, with that for for its intent. Um, so I, I certainly have issues with with the bill, but you know. I, at the, again, at the service level, this is just a ban on, on, on one particular, um, as, as, as the proponents would say, pseudo-medical treatment. So it's just taking one option off the table of, of kind of medical services. And okay, that, that, that's, that's one thing to have a conversation about. But I think more at, uh, I think there's, there's deeper issues that, that are more transformative, or at least have the potential to be more transformative. Um, than, than simply banning a certain um, pseudo-medical treatment. And I th I th you see this pop up in the preamble and then a little bit later in the bill. In the preamble, it kind of lays out kind of their, their justification for this bill. Um, and one of their, um, one of their bill, or one of their, um, one of their uh, justifications says, uh, whereas conversion therapy causes harm to, to society because, among other things, it is based on and propagates myths and stereotypes about sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression, including the myth that heterosexuality, cisgender gender identity, and gender expression that conforms to the sex assigned to a person at birth are to be preferred over other, or over other sexual orientations, gender identities, and gender expressions. Now, all that wording is basically to say that it is harmful if you believe that um, that uh, a cisgender, to use their term, cisgender um, uh, identity and heterosexuality is kind of the preferred or proper normal way, thing, a healthy way things yeah. should go. If you, if you believe that, um, and it might even go further than that, like, if you believe that there is a distinction between male and female, even uh, I, th I think this this kind of encapsulate that. If if you if that's kind of where the kind of this gender identity kind of comes in, gender expression kind of idea comes in. If if you think that there is that there is fundamental differences between what it means male and female, and and those changes are are irreversible or and un unchanging. Yeah. According to this bill, and at least, or at least according to the preamble, the kind of the the, the fundamental belief that that's animating this kind of uh, legislation, that's actually harmful. In fact, it's 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 a myth. It's not even true that there's differences between yeah. male and female. Yeah, the, they're calling it a myth and stereotype about these things. That they're basically saying that if you believe that, it's equivalent to be believing in the Easter Bunny. 
<laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's kind of the, that, yeah, yeah, the level they're putting it on. Yeah, it, it's, it's one of those kind of made up stories that, that we've, yeah, you know, stereotypes that we've just kind of developed over time, um, but actually don't have any basis in reality is, is essentially what's kind of, it's being said here. Um, and then even later on in, in the, in the, in the um, bill, it mentions that, that, um, that for greater clarity, it says this definition, talking about the gender de- or gender or, uh, or conversion therapy uh, definition, that that um, that this definition does not include a practice, treatment, or service that relates to the exploration or development of an integrated personal identity, um, and that it is not based on an assumption that a particular sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression is to be preferred over another. So you can you can talk about um, these topics of, of heterosexuality, homosexuality, transgender, um, and you can talk about you know someone's gender and sexual um, um, identities, kind of trying to integrate them in some way. And it gives the the example of, of gender transition, um, but you can only talk about it in a way where you're kind of I guess. Uh, ambivalence to it, or, you, or you, you, you certainly can't prefer one over the other. Basically, what it's saying is that that there is no there is no difference between heterosexuality, homosexuality. There's no difference between cisgender or transgender. They're all equally normal. They're all equally healthy, and they're all um, equally viable choices. Or, or, or uh, people are gonna have trouble with that word. Um, um, or, or ways of living. Yeah, those, those are all morally and and psychologically all these they're all equivalent um, to one another. That is going. That is that where is the that's the kind of the underlying belief that I'm more concerned about. Uh, it we when you start messing with. The fundamentals of reality, just like when we talked about the words. You, that's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. We're, yep. t- we're tying this right we're, back to yep, that idea. We've got feelings are now forming reality instead mm-hmm. of reality governing our feelings. And you put emotions. yourself in a very precarious situation when you do that because reality is undefeated at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. No matter how you feel about reality, reality doesn't change. And, and when you try to kind of go against the way that the world is, the way the world was made and, and set up and intended to run, um, there's you're, you're bound to put yourself into, I think, situations, and you're going to move society, especially when we're talking about this at a society level. This, this, is, this is how a society, I think, starts to erode itself. Yeah. Um, a society and a culture can't go on in a healthy manner for long when it, when it denies reality um, or at least defines reality by, by our feelings or, or um, desired uh, outcomes in some way. And this is, we're seeing this in, in law now, like this is pushing its way through to the Senate. This is potentially going to go into law. This isn't somebody saying they're offended and you shouldn't use these words. We're seeing this on a scale of federal law. Criminal code. Yeah, this. Yeah, this is this is this is this bill uh, is is um, is making amendments and, and additions to criminal law. Yeah. So if someone is found guilty, and and so the actual crime here 
states that everyone who knowingly causes another person to undergo conversion therapy, including by providing conversion therapy to that person, is guilty of an indictable offense and liable to imprisonment for a term of not more than five years. Um, again, what what classifies uh, as, as this kind of treatment? Who knows? Yeah. Um, but when you have this underlying notion this underlying belief that's that's saying that it's it's a, it's a myth in fact it's uh, i think i think they go as far as say it's it's, it's it's a harmful myth that's one reason why they're kind of getting rid of the conversion therapy yeah. it's, it's a harmful myth to to believe that that um that men or that that to, that that male and female are, are are distinct and different um and that you cannot go from one to the other um that that holding that belief is 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 not accepted in this society, and so this bill is just one one reflection of that underlying belief. Where is that where is that foundation of belief going to crop up next? Yeah, um, and, and and as a result, where is that foundational belief going to be steering us? Um, I think I think it's kind of interesting how we see the development of of homosexual marriage develop. Um, where it was first introduced as kind of this idea of, well, what do you care about what two people do? Um, you know, if two people get married, what, 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 how does it change your, your marriage? Yeah. That was the argument. It was yep. basically, it's, it's just this one thing over here and let us go do this thing we want to do. It has no, has no effect outside of us. Yeah. But it does because it changes the underlying definition of things. It changes the underlying definition of what marriage is. It starts to erode um, kind of the, the defining elements of father and mother yeah. when, it, when it comes to families now. Um, and so if, if two men or two female want to get married, okay, we'll go ahead and do that. But now, okay, so male and female have no difference when it comes to marriage. Yeah. Male and female, it just doesn't matter when it comes to marriage. Okay, where else does it not matter? Well, apparently it doesn't matter when it's father or mother either. Because having a child raised in, in, uh, in a single sex um, family or single sex parenting apparently is no different the, 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 as the argument goes now. Yeah. Like I said, it gets expanded. Um, it, it now says that, you know, it's no different. There is no difference between um, having two fathers or having a father and mother. Okay, so the mother is, is irrelevant, or the father is irrelevant, or they're simply identical to one another. There is no distinction there. Yeah. Um, but we see how this this found these this foundational belief has has kind of st stretched out in these different ways into how we define marriage, um, how we end up defining mother and father, um, and now how we even define uh, what it means to be male or female. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're, we're touching on some very foundational issues. And just as you mess with the foundation of a building, it's, it's going to have ramifications all the way up that the ladder there um, to mix my metaphors. <laughs> um, and so that's what I mean. I'm as, 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 you know, as, as, you know, as, as concerned I am about kind of the conversion therapy bill and, and, and how it's going to be applied I, I'm I'm more concerned about these underlying beliefs and where they're going to keep pushing society, um, and and how we're going to 
um, what, what, what's kind of the next step in this, in this evolution. Um, but all right, let's, to, to finish this up before we get too long, uh, let's, let's talk about a little bit of a, do a little bit of a lighter finish here. And so, uh, with the, with the Christmas season starting, obviously that means Christmas movies and probably movies we've all watched 10, 20,000 times. Or the 5,000 Hallmark movies that come out every season. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that is not a selling point for cable for me. And so, I, <laughs> nope, yeah, nope. I don't have cable, so I don't have to worry about those. Oh, I can't, I don't even want to think about what those movies are like. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'll, I'll gladly watch Home Alone on rerun. There you go. Yeah, no, that's that. I'm like, I don't know what it is. It, it's funny every time, even <laughs> if you know exactly the beats and hijinks that it's going to do. It's just, it's just so watchable. Um, the first two. Um, I do not, I do not commit uh, Home Alone three and four to the canon, and there apparently is a fifth one I think coming out. Already came out. Already, oh, Reviews are terrible. I'm not even going to look at it. <laughs> yeah, I don't have Disney Plus either. I think that's is that who's yeah, coming out. Yeah, yeah, it's on Disney Plus. Oh man, um, yeah, no, it's yeah, it you you you're messing with the original. You just it's not going to work. Um, like you said, you, you, I think they're being governed by their feeling, their, their their feelings towards money and not reality. <laughs> if if they if they understood reality, you just don't mess with something like Home Alone. Um, they got away with Home Alone too, which actually is very watchable, but it's it's not the same as Home Alone One. Just for something fun and random, there was a petition that went around trying to get Disney to remake Home Alone with Macaulay Culkin still as Kevin. <laughs> And nobody uh, acknowledged the fact that he's an adult. Oh yeah, yeah. Nowadays it was a technology. Yeah, all the anti-aging like that. That might be pushing the <laughs> technology a little bit. Disney and our watch. Off. Yeah, and our watchability of it. Yeah. Um, yuck. Um, yeah. So there's lots, of, lots of those reruns. Um, we might, uh, we might have to do more on Home Alone. The movie. <laughs> there, there's some really interesting facts about it, and we might use it to kind of talk about movie culture and, and its effects. Um, this is some really interesting facts about, about Home Alone <laughs> that, that, that are quite shocking. Um, but I'll just tease that for now. What I do want to end on is, is perhaps a, a recommendation for a Christmas movie for uh, after the kids go to bed. And it's a movie called Fat Man. <laughs> and it came out, actually, I think it's from this year. It came out last, last year. year. Last year. Yeah. Actually, well, that's right. I was, I was listening to a podcast about the directors. And they filmed shooting in Ottawa. Um, the day before basically Canada shut their doors. Oh, wow. Yeah. Pushing it. Close. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they were right in the middle of everything kind of ramping up and they were wondering if they're going to finish, finish shooting fat man. Uh, but they, they, they got it out. Um, and, and, and it's, it's, uh, like I said, it's one for after the kids have gone to bed, but it, it, it's, it's incredibly absurd, which is, I'm saying that in a good way. And what was the other definition I had put on it? I sent comically, you a text about it. Comically disturbing. Comically disturbing. Yes. Um, basically, it, it stars Mel Gibson in the, in the lead, um, and and he's he's Chris with a C, um, <laughs> uh, but he's he, he plays he plays Chris Kringle, but in the he's a, he's a real guy essentially, or at least yeah, that's that's how he's portrayed, um, and. The, the one of the absurdities is, is that he gets paid a um, um, a subsidy from the American government to, <laughs> to, to deliver government to deliver oh, presents. Wow. Yeah, and the kind of one of the one of the driving issues or conflicts that 
that um, that's in the movie is that um, Chris's subsidy is going down to the point he just can't afford um, to pay his workers, his his elves, his, oh. his workshop uh, to keep going. So he's concerned about whether or not he can continue on. Uh, he just doesn't have the funds to do it. And the reason his sub subsidy is going down is because it's based upon the number of presents he, he makes and delivers. Well, kids nowadays um, are, are more troublemakers and, and evil than ever before. And so he's delivering more lumps of coal. <laughs> and so he's not getting the subsidy he needs. And so that kind of is one element of conflict um, in the movie that, that, feature, that ends up featuring... Um, a child um, who gets a lump of coal uh, and ends up uh, um, ends up putting out a hit on Santa. So <laughs> oh wow, yeah. And so, like I said, it, it's 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 absurd, but it's it's absurd in in, a, in just a crazy mixed up genre kind of way. Yeah, it's it's um, it, it, yeah. I I'm sure I'm sure people will watch it and say, why did he make me sit through an hour and a half of this? <laughs> Um, but if you're looking for kind of a mix of, a, of, of holiday, um, thriller, shoot them up a little bit in there. Um, then this is, this is right up your alley. Uh, and, and, and it's as, as absurd, as, as absurd as the, as the, as the, uh, kind of some of the premises go. And, and it's funny, the, the, the military gets involved. I, oh, of course. I, I, yeah. I won't, I won't kind of try to figure out how that happens, but the military gets involved. Um, but, uh, but even in the midst of all that, there's just, there's a, there's a, there's a kind of a wonderful relationship between Mr. And Mrs. Kringle that kind of goes on. That's worth highlighting. And, and kind of, it, you, have, you have Chris who's, who's really struggling with kind of the future of this job that he has yeah. or this, this role he has as, as Santa and he really likes it, but he just doesn't know how he's going to go on. And so he's he's really kind of in this depressing state, depressed state, just not sure what's going to happen next, whether next year's going to happen. Um, and yet you have um, Mrs. Kringle. I can't remember if they even give her a name. I'm sure she, I'm sure it comes up somewhere. But uh, even Chris isn't referred to as Chris very often. He's he's just it's just who he is. Yeah. Um, and, and and but Mrs. Kringle, um, she she is like his number one cheerleader, um, really encouraging him. To um, to to continue to press on, have hope, be optimistic, um, and and really just really has his back throughout the whole whole thing. She <laughs> she is really unwavering in it, um, and, and 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 critical as as a result of of that. So I think uh, I think that's a, a, a real real inter a real interesting or it's a real relationship inside this kind of absurd package yeah. uh, that everything else in is. Um, but nonetheless, if you're looking for something a little bit different that, that perhaps you haven't watched a uh, hundred times already, maybe check out Fat Man. It's streaming on Amazon Prime. They're not a sponsor, by the way, because <laughs> of, course, of course they aren't. This is just Pendle Talk Radio, um, but it's on Amazon Prime. Um, so if you if you're got nothing else to do uh, while you're wrapping your presents, may throw this on. It, it's, it, it, it's surprising. You, you, I guarantee you've never seen anything like this one. <laughs> Have to check that out. Yeah. Anyways, um, well, I think we've 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 covered a wide gamut of of, uh, of stories and topics today. Hopefully, something in there uh, stirred your curiosity, made you think a little bit more, maybe made you upset. Um, 
maybe uh, maybe you cheered it on what we were saying. Finally, someone's saying some of these things. Um, but hopefully, hopefully you, you uh, enjoyed. The, uh, thank you for I thank you for for coming along the journey, however you experienced it. Um, my name is Brian Constein, and I'm Michael Rowland, and this has been Penhold Talk Radio. Mm-hmm.